This is just the usual reminder that this show may contain some adult language and humour and all opinions expressed by guests are solely their own. Hello, I'm Damien Edwardson, one half of Art92 and the creator of the Galaxy Grappling Alliance and welcome to Oh Men To That, a chip-free sporadic podcast series where I'll be talking to a selection of hand-picked guests on a diverse range of topics centred in and around the world of art, comics and all things creative. Growing up, 2000 AD was the staple comic of many people from my generation. And artists such as Brian Bolland, Steve Dillon, Carlos Esquera and Mick McMahon inspired a whole generation to pick up the pencil and try and make comics. On today's show, I'm pleased to welcome one of the new generation of 2000 AD artists. I'll be talking to my guest about his history with comics and how he broke into the big town with 2000 AD and most recently his Kickstarter success, Rock the God. So dust off your old progs and get ready for a thrill power overload as we delve into the art of Dan Cornwell. On today's show, I'm pleased to be joined by one of the rising stars of comics, a modern-day success story who, in the last few years, has become an established 2000 AD artist in both the prog and the magazine, as well as working with none other than the legendary John Wagner on the highly successful Rock of the Reds and its recent sequel, Rock the God. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the show, Dan Cornwell. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Pleasure. You all right, mate? Nice to, nice to hear from you, man. Yeah, all good, yeah. all good. Yeah. We had a few technical issues, didn't we, earlier on? So, a few. Um, so Dan's that was currently... All my, it, it was all my end, I have to Dan... add. It's my end. Dan's currently sat there with about 15 devices plugged in at any point. So um... I think I think anyone who's done a, a, any kind of interview podcast <laughs> with me will know exactly what you're going through right now. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. How are you keeping anyway? Yeah, very well, very well. Uh, I've been quite steady throughout this whole pandemic, to be honest, which is which is a good thing. Uh, I've been full on loads of work, which is good. I assume is people are picking up comics more, and yeah, and uh, the sales are quite steady because no one's going out, so they've got to entertain themselves somehow, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, it's been an interesting time as well. Because um, I mean, we'll come on to this a bit later, but creatively, people I've spoken to, people have gone one way or the other, where they've either found that having lockdown time and lack of community has meant they're creating more. Um, mm. And then for some other people, because they've got more time, they've just literally seized up and yeah, you know, yeah. not been able to do anything. So you're obviously in the uh, in the former category, which is, you know, you've just been cracking on, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So because obviously Rock the God, I started that in very late November, early December last year. Yeah. Um, and that, I was still working on that when the uh, the pandemics got to you know reached this country, um, so I was working through that all the way up until I think I finished rock in early to mid July. Mm. Um, so through through the entire lockdown, yeah. Um, so I was busy throughout, 
but I was going so stir crazy because you're indoors, so you can't go out anyway. But for some reason, it just made it even worse. I wouldn't have got even if there wasn't a pandemic, I'd have been stuck indoors working on rock anyway. Yeah, yeah. When you're told you can't have something or you can't do something, it just makes you want it even more. So yeah, um, t- being told you can't go out, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. And to be fair, mate, that was a mammoth project as well. I mean, that was that was a huge undertaking, wasn't it? It was. It, I I remember. I know I can roughly knock out a page in a day if I push myself. That is. Right. Um, and if I keep that in my head, uh, I tend to not slack off. I, if I if I look at a situation, I go, I've got seven days left. Oh, you no, know, I've got nine days before I've got to get this in by the deadline. Yeah. And there's seven pages. I then tell myself, well, that gives you two days off. So you can, you can have two days off then before you get into it. And then I'll have seven days left and then I'll panic. Yeah. And then, but then I get seven pages. So towards the end of Rock, I actually did 31, 30 pages in 31 days. Yeah, I saw that. I remember you tweeting something about that. And I remember H saying to me, like, bloody hell, have you seen what Dan's been doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It was just, it was just, um, well, I had to get it done. I, like I said, I, I, fooled myself into thinking that I had plenty of time. Yeah. Because it got to the point where, um, like I say, I, t- I stupidly tell yourself, oh, you can, you can still have a day off because blah, 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 you've only got these many pages to do. And then it got to the point when you go, oh, I've got to get 30 pages done. And I've only got... Mm. It's, and it's, to, be, to be honest, it was a deadline I set myself. Yeah. But it was quite an interesting way of doing it because it just gives you a, a challenge. Can you do it? You couldn't go out. You're in lockdown. You can't go out anyway. So can you get 30 pages on in 30 days? I didn't. I yeah. done in 31 days. But um, it was a no. challenge. And it was quite – it's one of those things when you finished it, you are quite pleased with yourself, smug with yourself that mm. you did it. And it, it tells yourself something about yourself. It means if Matt at 2000 AD said, oh, we need this done in a week, can you do it? I know I can, which yeah. is um, a good selling point as an artist, getting the job done on that- time. That's kind of Steve Dillon speed, that, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like I've heard stories about Steve Dillon who could do that. Literally, didn't you know. he do? Didn't he do one in the weekend? An entire yeah, he episodes. had to re, he had to redo five um, five pages in a weekend because he left them in the pub. It was part of uh, the City of the Damned work, and they went on a pub and it, crawl, and he he left his portfolio behind. And they don't know where, and he had to redraw them. Yeah, didn't 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 the, the redrawn pages look better than the original pages? Yeah. But the guy was, it? was phenomenal. Yeah, I've got the um collected all the Judge Dread mega not mega collections, what are they? The complete Judge oh, Dread yeah. books. I've got the first ten, mm. which is obviously full of Steve Dillon and you know, all the classics. And yeah. just looking at Steve Dillon's art, it's just it's just such a clean He's got oh. such a he's such a master of black and white, you know the the, the contrast and all of that. Yeah. It's just such beautiful pages, and it's hard not to be influenced by it. Mm. But as as with any of those artists from those days, anyway, they're yeah. all they're all groundbreaking at the time, aren't they? Yeah, it was it was truly the golden age, I think, wasn't it? Um, for British comics at that point, compared to some of the contemporary stuff that was out there with them. But uh, anyway, let's talk about the modern day artists of two thousand AD and a little bit about yourself then. So. Just for people that maybe aren't familiar, what's your kind of history with with comics in particular? Um, I got into comics uh, like most most kids get into comics, don't they? Let's be honest. Back in the day, anyway, we were talking in the eighties, yeah, seventies, eighties. Most kids, boys and girls, obviously, um, get into comics at some point. Um, 
and mine were the usual, the, the Beano's and, and, and whatnot, and Eagle, I used to like. Um, but then, I was never into 2000 AD back in the days of, you know, uh, uh, early 80s. But right. I picked up, I remember I was doing a paper round, and one of the, like, you know, you put your, your, people buy magazines, don't they, as well, and you have to deliver them as well. Someone obviously ordered 2000 AD. And as I was doing the round, I was just flicking through this 2000 AD, um, and I saw Simon Bisley's work, which even for someone who's young and, you know, not too uh, knowledgeable of comics, you could tell it was totally different from anything I'd ever seen in a comic. Yeah. Um, the slain work. And um, that got me into 2000 AD. Um, I always drew pictures, not necessarily comics. I used to draw cartoon characters. Right. You know, whatever cartoon characters they were at the time, you know, whatever I was watching, I used to draw them. But I was never drawing car- comics at that age. But then the more I started reading 2018, then became a, you know, it was get, used to get it delivered weekly. The more I got influenced by the stories and the people, the artists and writers that are in it. And, you know, people, when I started, when I started reading it, like I say, was Slane, um, Colin McNeil's Chopper, um, Will Simpson's, you know, uh, Road Trooper. Yeah. Those yeah. those days. So, well, I'm looking at late 80s, I would say. Yeah, yeah it would have been the, 80s. Yeah, 87 onwards, I would say something along that. that yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah, into the 90s kind of thing. Yeah. There was and some was phenomenal to- art, you know. It was just, like I said, for me, it was just mind-blowing. It's just, um, you compare it to normal, there's nothing wrong in normal black and white work, but um, to see this full-colour, full-painted, work it was just like i said for a young i was a you know teenager young well no i wasn't a teenager 87 i was 12 yeah teenager i suppose um it was mind-blowing just seeing it it was just yeah and and of course compared to things like eagle eagle wasn't overly violent was it 2000 ad was violent and it was just you know the more exit wounds and and bombs and all yeah. this violence. Twelve to a twelve-year-old, it was absolutely gold, wasn't it? Especially slain, because that really did oh. kind of take it in a completely different tangent, didn't it? Because you know you had the oh. kind of implicit violence and threat with things like dread, and then you had things like um, you know one of my favourites, Robo Hunter, where you know the reason that they had him blowing up and killing robots is because back then in the kind of seventies and eighties, you could do that because they were they weren't mm. human, so you could kill as many people as you wanted. Um, but yeah, when we moved into that whole Pat Mills Slane era, it was completely different. You know, it was it was really kind of not hardcore, but it was like something you didn't get in normal British no. comics at all. It and wasn't you, you had in the artwork. It, and it wasn't comic work, was it? No, it was no. nothing. That's what, that's what I think. That's what it was. It just you looked at it, it goes. To me, it seemed an awful lot of work for a comic. That's not degrading comics in any way. It just looked like an awful lot of work for a comic book. I mean, comic books were generally black and white with very basic colours in those days, early days. And then to see suddenly this coming along, it was it was just incredible. And um, like I said, and then thereafter, you've got, like I say, I remember seeing Chopper, which is quite graphic. Yeah. Um, and, and it just went on from there. And, and they're all quite different. You know, it wasn't necessarily just the Bisley clones that I liked. You know, like I say, you know, Colin McNeil mm. had a totally different style in... Will Simpson had a totally different style to, you know, there was a lot of painted work and they weren't all busily cloned. They were yeah. Very different. So with your with your artistic 
kind of life then have you always been an artist have you always drawn and and you know did you did you have a different plan for your art or I, you know? I was always the one in you know the, the one who drew in class I was the one who's when I was at school I was I was the one who was the drawer if you like yeah um I remember that well. you've always you've always got one <laughs> didn't you yeah um, um but I, I I didn't have a plan art runs in the family anyway my 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 grand father was um he was he's not well he is or was he's retired now was an art restorer and he all oh, right restored oil paintings and wow and goodness knows what that's a skill you know. isn't it <laughs> oh yeah it was he he was the paper because someone um he had to restore a painting that someone found um, they they bought a house and in the basement one of the pipes had this what looked like a wrap around it you know to stop it from leaking or something yeah, and when they unwrapped it, when they renovated this house, they unwrapped it, and it was this canvas. And um, they took it to my grandfather because he was an art store and said, "Is this, you know, you got any idea what this is?" And it was some famous painting, apparently, Bloody hell. worth worth a few million. Um, which is a nice thing, isn't it? A nice thing. You buy a house. Like, for, this was in the eighties. You buy a house. I don't know, twenty thousand pounds. Yeah, and in the basement you got a, that's an investment, <laughs> isn't it? Wrapped, yeah, you got a painting wrapped around a pipe worth a few million, but he restored that, and that's so art was always in the family. Mm. Um, my my siblings could draw or can draw or could draw. They don't bother now, so whether they can still do it, um, my mum can draw. So it was always in the family. But like I said, comics. There was I I never looked at it when I first started drawing that I'll go down the line of comics. Yeah. But like I said, 2000 AD convinced me that's the path I wanted to go because the more I saw in 2000 AD, the more I liked the idea of... It, it, to me, every time I looked at a really good comic book, it was better than watching a film because it just looked like... The, as an artist, that is, you, know, you, you, you set the... You're you're the set designer. You're the yeah. designer. You know you do, you do you do everything. The storyboard artist. You do, you do the whole lot. So yeah. you know uh, uh, the look of your of this story you're doing will be your look, whatever whatever you choose it to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why we do it, though, isn't it? Is because you 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 can pretty much do anything you want in yeah. comics. To quite you know. Obviously, there's a limit to as maybe as your, your technical skill. That's what I found. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's a limit to maybe technical skill that, you know, there may be certain things that you, you'd like to do and you can't. But in reality, if you think about it, we we can pretty much create and tell any story we want. Mm. And that's what I find so fascinating. You're not bound by budget or anything like that, you know. And that's what I always loved about comics. That's why they, from being very young, they... They meant a lot to me because they could take you away from real life, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're the escapism, isn't it? Mm. Without a shadow of a doubt. And when I try to do anything, like I say, I try to, to, you know, when you, like when you draw something, you have a vision in your head of what you want it to be. Nine times out of ten, it's not, it doesn't end up what you'd expect it to be. Yeah. Um and, but whenever I, whenever I have a vision of what I want something to be, if I it might have to be too difficult, that's that's the challenge, isn't it? That, yeah. That's what gives me the thrill of saying, well, Absolutely. can I do it in this perspective? How can I make it look a little bit different to normal? You know, it's, how hard would this be? And, and if you make it 
hard for yourself, then I the way I figure it in my head is that I'm learning something each time I do something that I've never done before. Then I've learned how to do that, and it's such a that's that's quite rewarding. It is, yeah, because you you're right. I think you know you do see this sometimes where you know you'll see artists using the same techniques and the same kind of angles and and stuff, and you, you wonder how much people progress, you know, because you only mm. learn by doing things you can't do. That's the whole point, isn't yeah. it? And, and testing yourself and um. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting concept. That so it's, it's like whenever I do it, I, I, if I can find, um, you know, I know people like black and white work just to be black and white. But if I can chuck in textures, yeah, do whatever I can with it. Um, I don't want to add too much grayscale to it, but if I can get as much textures just from pure black on white, yeah, that's what I like. I, I like to, you know, um, that challenges you because you can do cross hatching. You can do that all day long but i want something i want each panel to look a, or each story to look a little different so if i can mm. find a new way of making a different type of texture with just black and white then i'll do that instead of just doing hash uh, uh cross hatching all the yeah. time yeah. um so if i use sponges i use whatever i can get my hand on i'll just mm. try it out on a bit of scrap paper next to me and if i go that looks different that looks nice that looks like this effect or yeah it, I, that will pass as a cloud that will pass as a tree yeah. that you know then then it works <laughs> even even better if it's easier yeah yeah than sitting did, there rendering each tree oh i know i know did you go to um like formal art college or anything like no, that or was it purely just no, self-taught it, it was all self-taught i i failed mm. my um failed gcse art i think it was an irony that's, isn't a, it? Lie. You know that's I mean? a that's 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 a lie i didn't fail i got a d that is a pass but it's it is technically yeah yeah, great. Technically, we'll take that. What they said to me, <laughs> um, I remember. I remember the art teacher um, coming up to me, and I was doing whatever painting I was doing in, in class, and he came up to me and whipped out. I had like a number six brush or something, and he whipped mm. it out of my hand and put in this. I wouldn't say it's Bob Ross size brush, but it was a, an inch brush or two inch brush, and right. gave me that. And goes, no, no, no. It's all about impression, and you don't oh have to God. do detail. And it's like, well. In your, that's what you think. Yeah, but I think that's why I got a, a, a such a low mark because it's my artwork. The guy who got a very good mark, he did a, a pastel drawing. No, no, a chalk, not chalk, charcoal drawing. Oh yeah, and it's just a big smudgy mess. And it's what they wanted. But it, yeah, this is what they wanted. They wanted yeah. something like that, impressionistic, and all of this lot. And they didn't want high detail and that. So I got a D. He got an A. Mm. You know. I had a similar experience in art college. I did a couple of years in art college. And um, I mean, I, I've said this before, I learned absolutely nothing. The one thing I learned in art college was that never go to art college, really, if yeah. you want to be an artist, because all they try and do is turn you into some kind of a version of themselves. Um, and when well, they, they it... you know, if you try and talk about, oh, I'd love to do comics, they just, they, you're lucky they didn't burn you at the stake. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it's just, I think, I think. I remember listening to a, I think it was a Bisley interview, and he he he, he says he says um, teachers of art must be failed artists because why are they teaching it if they're not making a living out of doing it? And it's interesting because um, obviously H is a is a teacher, and she's taught art classes in the community, and she's taken mm. because she went through the same experience of of art college being apart from life drawing, it was completely not a waste. But she's always. If, if if someone's good enough at teaching it, but not sticking there, like I said, with, you've obviously had the same kind of experience as me. Instead of 
trying to teach you how to use the materials and how to get you know the best out of them and this and other. Yeah. If they're just trying to teach teach you how to draw their way, then that's not a very good teacher. They because they just want they're making you into a clone of themselves, and that's yeah. not that's not teaching you anything. That's just no. just a waste of time. And, Whereas and, if you're able to teach someone how to use the materials and let them express themselves with what you've taught them, then that's yeah. how you do it. And that's um, that's what H would do with her class. She mm. would basically just say, "Look, you know, this is how I'm doing it, and this is my style." But that's not um, you know, don't copy me. You'll find your own style. I'm going to teach you how to use different materials. She should have you know, been my teacher. To, she tells them to draw with like um, twig and ink, you know, some Indian oh, ink, wow. and she'd, she'd get some twigs out of the garden and like basically whittle them to to a point and get them to draw with that and things like that. They absolutely loved it, you know, because mm. she wasn't trying to make them, as you say, a clone of a particular style. She was just teaching them to enjoy expressing yourself, and that's the one thing that. You know, in my time, and it could be different now. Art college just didn't do that at all. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't I, teach I, I, you, I, 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 I do have a bad experience from the teacher, but I have to then hark back to because what happened. I, I, I used to live in Cheltenham, right? Um, and my teacher at school in Cheltenham, we had it's totally different to the one where we, when we moved. I moved to Brighton when I was fourteen, so right in that GCSE period, you know, when you going through all of that malarkey and yeah. the the teacher in Cheltenham well I had two teachers you had because art wasn't just the art class wasn't just art you had a ceramics class you had painting classes you had and and each one had a separate teacher it's right. like we didn't we also did, we also didn't just have science each uh, it was it's it was separated into physics biology and chemistry yeah and they were separate classes because they're separate studies of certain things yeah, and it's the same with art. So in art, we had a, a painting class, we had a, a, a ceramics class, and all this. Mm. Like, so it was all separate. And they were very good teachers. Yeah. And then when we like so when we moved to Brighton, the, the school I went to in Brighton, um, the teacher was it was just art, and um, the teachers were very in my art. You know, in my experience at that school, the teachers were very poor compared to um, my previous school. And what that does is. It, you lose interest in it. You lose joy in drawing or painting or doing whatever you're doing because the yeah. teachers have got. It's, it's like they're just going through the motions. So it's like, well, if you're not interested in it, why should I be interested in it? Because I was a petulant little kid. Yeah, and it's <laughs> the know? same so with any subject, isn't it? You know, I know, yeah. I know, we're focusing on um, art, but I had the same. I had a very similar incident with English, where I had a brilliant English teacher at one point, and then he left, and we, he got replaced by another one, and. She was very much the opposite. The the first one would, would taught us to think creatively and look at things mm. that I'd never even considered reading. You know, they weren't in the curriculum. But you bring books in and go, you want to read this, you'll enjoy this. And the other one was just buy oh. the book and just no investment in the, the students. That's it. Really. That's it's it. all so just that, about that... getting you through the exams and that was it. But then, then because it was a poor school, they they had no interest in their students at that time. You know, I don't know how the school is now, but I mean, when I went there, they had no interest in the students. They had no interest in, you know, I remember when the, you know, when you do the work experience part. Yeah. Um, they asked what I want to do, and I was like, oh, something to do with art. I like painting, I like drawing, I like doing this, I like doing that. And they sent me to a building site with a decorator. And I thought, <laughs> oh, right, because it's a paintbrush. Well done. Yeah, good on you. Well done. That's a, 
and I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> you really don't care what we do. You're just getting us out there, getting us out from under <laughs> your, your feet. You know? So there you go. Here's a brush. Go paint. And I remember I turned up on this job site and this bloke comes up to me and he goes, what, what are you doing here? I goes, I'm here on work experience. Oh, he goes, oh, you're cool, my, weren't you? And I went, yeah. And he goes, here's a brush. Go and paint that fence. He goes, and take your time. That's what you're doing for the rest of the week. <laughs> and I went, oh, my. Right. And, and, and I walked uh... out. I remember... It was the first of many jobs I walked out on. <laughs> but, um, well, that was your work experience, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, my work experience. And I thought, any job I don't like, I'll just walk out. And I did that for many years. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> there but, you yeah, go. I remember, I remember I, I went to sixth form. Why I went to sixth form, I don't know. And I remember I turned up at sixth form. And um, the first class, the first class is sixth form college, now, the Teacher didn't turn up for about 20 minutes. And then um, another teacher just walked in and goes, well, you ain't got any teacher today, so just get some books out and read the book. Wow. And I remember that, you know, I thought, well, I walked out on that painting job on my work experience, I'm going to walk out of here as well. So I did, I just walked out and thought, well, <laughs> if, if they're not going to, you know, show any interest in us, then why should we show any, show any interest in staying here? So I walked yeah. out on that. So if you walk out on this interview halfway through, then I won't take it personally. <laughs> You've got form, yeah, that yeah. damn. Yeah, yeah, it's just a habit. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So if you are a teacher and you're listening to this, we're not saying all teachers are bad. We're just saying that, you know, as with every profession, there, no, are, people, no, no, exactly. there are some people who do it for the right reasons and there are some people who go through the motions. And unfortunately, Absolutely. that's been our experience and, and lots of other people as well. Particularly, I think, in art that, you know, um, I did have a great art teacher when I was in high school, but as I say, art college was a completely different beast. So, you know, but you live and learn, yeah, yeah. don't you? Anyway, back to you, exactly, Sarah, and your work. Um, so, you know, obviously you you got into comics and and planted the seed that you wanted to maybe get involved in drawing comics and stuff or creating comics but how did you eventually take that to the next step of getting something published and what was the first thing that you you did um back in the day we're talking i would say early 90s comics international was that early 90s yeah um and at the back of it, they do have the advertisements at the back, mm. you know, and um, and artists seeking writer and writers seek. Sounds like one of those lonely hearts, but um, <laughs> it, it was for artists and writers. <laughs> Two um, people locked in rooms on their own with no mates. Yeah, um, and I remember I replied to one and sent them. No, I replied to a few, and I just sent them loads of pictures I've done in of my own little comic strips. Yeah. Um, and quite a few replied saying, oh, this is great stuff. Can we work on it? One guy replied saying, oh, he loved the, he loved the character that I, I'd drawn. Mm. And um, he goes, can I do a story about it? And I goes, well, I haven't really, you know, I'm an artist. I'm not a writer. And any kind of story I had was pretty lame. But I gave him a basic storyline. Right. Um, and he just took it from there. And we did no issues. I, I, I drew about six pages. and It never saw the light of day. Yeah. Um, but then my first printed work was quite fortuitous or lucky. I was, I'd done a, a story for a guy called Derek Hamill. Right. He was on the 2008, one of the guys on the, on the forum, one of many guys on the 2008 forum. And I did a story called The Price. 
And it was a full. It's only about three or four pages, full right. color, um, digital color that is. Um, yeah. And we sent it. I sent it to him. He liked it, and he said it was going to go to some online comic or something like that. And I was like, right. okay, fair enough. And um, I didn't hear much about it after, thereafter. And then life takes over, work, and all this lot. Yeah. And then he told me that it had been printed in um, Future Quake. Right. And I was like, had it? And then I got this copy, and, and I managed to email uh, Dave Evans. And, um, yeah, it had been printed. I had known, I don't know, it must have been about two or three months after it had been it seen print and been sold and this, that, and the other. Yeah. I found out that it had been printed. I was like, well, that's good. So, anyway, I was sending... Just Dave an email saying, "Can I get a copy of this book?" Which he did. And then he said, "Oh, do you want any more work?" You know, we have got a few scripts laying around. Yeah. And so I said, "Well, yeah, I'd love to. Absolutely love to." Uh, and then he sent me a few other scripts for. It wasn't Zarjas. It was one more or two more for Future Quake, and then right. then I've done one for Dog Breath. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, like a, 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 a mutant bounty hunter kind of storyline. Hmm. Very similar to Strontium Dog, but it was, yeah. it was called Wirehead Rex, I believe. <laughs> um, and he, yeah, so I, that's the one John saw, uh, uh, which he chose me to do rock. He, he, he apparently he he goes through these things to, to to find random artists to do work for him. Yeah, or maybe Dave sends him copies. Dave might Possibly, send him copies, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he he saw my work in there, and he just sent me an email. Well, no, he didn't. He sent me a Facebook message. And um, but yeah, Dog Breath was the first. No, Future Quake. Sorry, Future yeah. Quake and Dog Breath were the first things I got published. Um, and that was in I think twenty four to twenty thirteen. Yeah, no, right, it's been a bit ago, of a... eight years ago. Been a whirlwind since then, mate. Hasn't it? It's like it's incredible. It's it's interesting because things like Future Quake and. Um, Obviously, Dog Breath, Zarjars, you know, Sector 13, those kinds of mm. kind of fanzine comics, basically, aren't they? You know, they're based on the worlds of 2000 AD, primarily, apart from yeah. Future Quake, obviously, which is a bit bit more widespread and science fiction and sort of um, superhero. But it's a good route for artists to take, isn't it, to start looking at getting work published in those things? Because it's, it's, it, it's the, the one I always tell everyone. Yeah, because they do get noticed, don't they? You know, a lot of yeah, yeah. editors and stuff pick them up and look at them. And I know there's this thing, I've come across this where I've met people and they've sort of said, well, I wouldn't do that because you don't get paid. And I'm like, but nobody knows who you are. <laughs> it's like, you're yeah. not going to get paid. You know, you have yeah, to you, you, get stuff you, in print. You, it's treading the board, isn't it, I suppose? Oh, absolutely. You've got, to learn, you've got to learn your trade. You've got to learn... You know, um, my as mothers do. My mum thought I was the best thing artist-wise since sliced bread. Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, I wasn't quite as, you know, um, keen on my own work. Artists never generally are. No, um, no. <laughs> and you compare it to others, you just go, "Oh my god, why are they so much better than me?" And all this stuff. But my my mum thought I was I was the dog's bollocks. Yeah. Um, but. When you get, I remember I was receiving scripts from, you know, for, for Future Quake or, or, or Dog Breath or Zarjas. And when I was sending off the finished pages to the writer, whoever the writer was at the time, mm. um, I remember I got one reply back saying, oh, um, 
we can't figure out what was going on in the in this page, these panels, the panel layout. We can't figure out what's going on. Got you. And it's one of those moments where you you realise you, you may be able to draw a pretty picture in your eyes, but if you're in comics, you've got to be able to tell a story. Absolutely, yeah. That's the main thing. You've got to be able to tell a story, and that was one of those big learning curves. Because yeah. he said, "This is." I remember this email. He just said, "Oh, me, and my girlfriend sat down and tried to figure out what was going on in these panels, and we couldn't understand what was going on." And then I explained to him what was going on, and then I realised I shouldn't have to explain. You know, <laughs> when you when you when you buy a comic, there's no there's no instructions on how to read it. Yeah. Um, and I realised I've got to learn on how to panel layout, telling stories, and yeah, the biggest learning curve is when learning how to tell tell the story yeah and 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 i hadn't realized that until this this guy sent this email Mm. and and you only get you only learn these things by by doing them so you know when someone does say to me or what if you're going to give advice i don't think you can give too much advice to an artist in respect to their work you know other than things like oh um you know improve on your anatomy or Something like that. You, know, you really look, yeah. have to learn how to draw hands better because you're drawing people all the time. You've got to learn how to draw people. Yeah. But the biggest one for me is story in comics is story storytelling. Yeah. So, and the only way you're going to learn how to do that is by doing it. And that's why I say to them, you know, go work at Future Quake or get some work from Dave Evans, mm. you know, at Future Quake Press because. You, you, you don't get paid, but you, as you say, you've got to learn your trade, and it gets your name out there. People, will, you'll be spotted hopefully yeah. by someone. If you're good enough, you'll be spotted. But the main thing is is doing it regular and and learning learning that part of it. And the other thing as well, I mean, and I don't know, maybe people who've never done comics or been in comics gets this, but even just the thrill of seeing your work published somewhere, yeah. anywhere. You know, picking something up that's a physical product and looking at and flicking through and seeing your work is you can't beat that, can you? Whether no, you're no, you're but... a pro or an amateur or I, I still get a thrill now, you know, whenever I see any anything. Um I mean I was lucky enough to have a piece obviously in, in Rock the God, you know, one of the pinups oh, yeah. and oh man, I tell you, I was like I was absolutely over the moon. I, I still you're, it's, you're on cloud nine when it happens. Oh it's I, wonderful, I, isn't it? I got um I did the story. I'm just I'm looking at it now. Actually, I'm not looking at it. I'm 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 just looking at it now. I just got it from the shelf. But there was a story. Um, I remember the first book my work was put in was a book by uh, um Terry Cooper. Have you ever heard of Terry Cooper? I haven't. No. Si- Simon Wilson and Terry Cooper. I was friends with them on Facebook. I don't. I must have done something truly awful because I'm not friends <laughs> with them anymore. Um, <laughs> Well, probably one of my opinions or something. I don't know. Heaven but, forbid. Good, yeah. Um, I did the story for them, and it, it and it was collected in, in a graphic novel, a proper graphic novel, you know, yeah. a, a perfect bound graphic novel. And I remember the first time I saw this, and it's a book called The Metaverse, an international collection. Right. 16 sci-fi fantasy story. That's the first proper book my work got put in. Here we go. Yeah, it was a story called Area Area 101 by with a guy called Chris Redfern. Right, um, and like I say, when I first saw this in a book, my artwork in a book, a properly printed, published book, that blew my socks off. It's yeah, just such a such a buzz, it's such a thrill, it's like cloud nine for the for the rest of that you know that year. And then, like I say, then rock came along, and um, well, that was a totally different level, totally yeah. different level. 
Yeah. I suppose that, you know, I mean, we've got to talk about, I know you get asked this all the time, but we've got to talk a little bit about your relationship with, with John Wagner, you know. Um, I mean, he's truly one of the, the great legends of British comics. I mean, I, I've referred to him before as like one of the godfathers of British comics because he seems from my childhood that him, Alan Grant and Pat Mills wrote literally everything that I ever enjoyed, mm-hmm. you know. So it's only right that we, we talk about that for a moment. But I know you've told the famous story in other interviews about, you know, when John contacted you, you, you were driving um, the buses at the time, weren't you? And you, <laughs> you had to pull over, I think. And, it was, you know. it was just, it, it is, um, it's, people probably do get bored of hearing it, but some people enjoy it. No, I don't think it. they do, mate. Because, because it's, because, because it's, it's, it's one of those things that it, it can happen. Yeah. To people. It doesn't, you know, um, but yeah, I was driving a bus through Brighton and my phone pinged and it was a Facebook message. And I didn't look at it because obviously you can't when you're driving a bus. But when, when, and, and my phone was in the binnacle, the speedo, where the speedo is of the bus. And when I got to, um, I got to the traffic lights, yeah. I just flicked it with my finger, just flicked it up because I always had it face down. Yeah, I always have it face down. Yeah. And um, so I flicked the phone up and um, it just said Facebook message from John Wagner. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and then you mind it. And I couldn't, I couldn't read it. I just said, because it's just a notification. Yeah. And I couldn't read it. I had to carry on driving for the next 30 minutes. Can you imagine that? <laughs> you're driving along. You, you, there's a thing there telling you, you got a message from John Wagner and you can't answer it. You've got to keep driving this poxy bus. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and I got to my terminus. Um, everyone got off. I jumped out of the cab, lit a cigarette, took a deep breath, looked at the phone, and um, I, you know when you're thinking, well, it could be, it might not be the John Wagner, it could yeah. be any John Wagner, you know, it could be anyone, but it just, it just said because uh, it had this picture of his face, you know, very distinctive face. Yeah, um, was he smiling? <laughs> no, I don't think he was. So he, you know. <laughs> Very scary looking, distinctive face. Um, and it just said, and, it, and I've got it on my phone. I've still got it on my phone. Yeah. And it just said, um, um, do you have any interest in football and can you draw it? And um, I did have an interest in football. And as I said before, whether I could draw it or not wasn't an option. I, I, I'm going to draw it because if, if John asks, yes, it's yes, isn't it? You just say, yes, I can. I know. And then I, I just said, oh, fuck. I'm pretty sure I didn't swear in my response, but I'm pretty sure in my head I was screaming it. I was going, fucking hell. I, but, um, I just said, good God. <laughs> of course, of course I can, uh, I love football, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah, so and then he just replied, well, I've got your email off Dave Evans. Um, I'll send you an email. Brilliant. Um, and then I got the email, but I, the email came about half hour later, but I remember, I do remember standing there in a, in a, in a village called Patcham. Just outside Brighton, I was in Patchum, yeah. standing outside, I don't know, a happy shopper or something, outside the bus with a cigarette in my hand, about three or four people waiting to get on, and I was just about to finish this cigarette, and I just went, sod it, I'm going to have another one. I know you all want to get on the bus, and I know I'm running late, but I'm just so excited right now. Oh, that's brilliant, mate. That's I can't, brilliant. I can't, I, I need to calm myself down. And it's funny because... I remember the first time you told me that story because when we met properly was the first time at um, Oldham Comic Con. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were just behind me, weren't you? Yeah, and I remember you telling me that, and I, I think I said to you that the thing I loved about that story is 
it kind of gives the rest of us hope that you know if you keep working and keep grinding away that you you know maybe one day one of us will, will you know be seen and, yeah. and break out and that's the thing because you can get to you know you you've been in this position um same as myself and other people you know where you you do sit there and you're drawing and you're slaving away <laughs> on drawing and you're thinking what the fuck am i doing that you know yeah yeah does anybody actually care and yeah but the the, the thing is you, you you the reason why you keep doing it there's one reason you keep doing it you know there, there's there's it's the love of doing it you just love yeah. doing it that's absolutely the idea of making a living out of it or doing this as a full-time job to everyone it's pie in the sky yeah but you've got to have that little dream it's like it's just that little bit of a dream it's it's a cherry on on, on the top of the cake it's 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 if it happens i'm fantastic but i'm not yeah. going to stop doing it if it doesn't i'm going to keep doing it until Absolutely. because i enjoy doing it yeah and that's how i always looked at it. i never i i will be honest i never thought it ever happen right um because, like I say, there's an artist. You, you, as most artists, I don't know many who rate their own work that highly. Most artists are very uh, uh, downbeat on their own work, aren't they? Worst critics, aren't we? I mean, I, yeah. I, I've said before, you know, I hate everything I do the minute I finish it. Yeah. You know, I, I go through this wave of, I wonder if you're the same, where you start and you think, mm. halfway through you might think, mm, actually, it might not turn out too bad, this. And then at the end of it, you go, I never want to see it again. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? Well, and the funny people... thing is, is the, 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 when someone says, oh, what's the best bit of art you've done? And it's going to be the one I'm doing tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. It's that thing. It's, it's yeah. uh, because as you say, I remember listening to an interview with Dave Gibbons like like I said, like most artists, he said, oh, um, he was doing whatever page he was doing or whatever story he was doing. And then when he finished, he hated it. And he, he got printed and used, obviously. Mm. He goes, he put his, he just put the, the artwork away and just left it and never went back to it for, well, for, for many years. And then he goes, and it's only years afterwards, he goes, he pulled his, out this these pages of work and he goes, and he's seen them, he was seeing them for the first time in many years. And he was seeing them like people who had never seen him before saw yeah. them. Yeah. And he, so, um, and he thought they were actually really quite good. He didn't realize how good they were, but when you, when you, at the time, and I'll do that myself, I'll pull out pages that I thought at the time were awful because maybe something as, because, I think the way he pointed it, he goes, because, because it doesn't turn out how you wanted it to turn out. People who buy that, you know, if it's a comic or just a single bit of art to you, you might not like it, but, the people who buy it or will will see it, they yeah. don't realise it's not what you expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. So when you see your work again two years later, three years later, you're like, actually, it's it's better than I thought. Okay, it wasn't what I intended it to be, but it's yeah. actually better than I thought. But at the time, you hate it because it's not what you wanted it to be. Like, so I yeah. thought that's a very good way of putting it because that's I feel like that pretty much with every page I do is mm. that's not what I wanted it to be. Like, I wanted it to be much better than that. Um, but then, you know, six weeks, a year down the line, whatever, you look at it again, you go, actually, that's not that bad. It's it's, yeah. it's better than I remember it being. Well, the, the work stands up on its own, doesn't it? Because if people keep coming back, mate, and you keep getting work, then you're doing something right, aren't you? Do, do, no matter how know, self-critical I, you are, you know. What, so, well, I, I feel like I'm uh, a bit of an imposter, to be honest. But uh, again, I think most artists think that. Yeah. They always think, you know, once you become a professional artist, you think, I don't belong here. For some reason, you're just not good yeah. enough to be here. But yeah, and it's funny because the ones that 
you know, not many artists, I think, don't have that self-awareness that, you know, they all believe that it could end tomorrow. But the ones that are super confident are also the ones that never progress. And actually, over time, the the work kind of loses some of its, you know, should I say, Pizarre. its power because it never develops, yeah. does it, and changes. And, you know, I mean, I've seen your work change and develop over the, the last sort of few years that, you know, you've become um, more prominent and obviously you've been getting published. And um, I think that's that's really healthy that people, they they always seek to improve and, do, you know, mm. and it, it's great because that's what drives you, isn't it? You know. Well, yeah. I was actually going through some old artwork a, a while ago because um, I threw some out because you've got to make room. <laughs> you can't, it's, it, it, it takes up a lot of room, years and years and years of drawings and portfolios and this, that and the others. So um, I had a big bunch of pages from 10, 15 years ago. Right. And I'm just sitting there going through them. And um, Becky, my wife, said, um, you could sell them. I was like, no one's going to be in. This is either unpublished stuff. It looks very amateur to me now. No one's going to want them. And and I don't want the hassle of having to them um, try to sell them and, mm. you know, all of that. And I'm just sitting there and she goes, no, you can sell them. You can sell them. And I just ripped them. I thought, well, I can't now. So that's I that think, sorted. But I think she's probably right, remember, though, mate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They were To me, they weren't that good. I know. I and, know. Um, and, and I remember, I remember, but I remember looking at them and as you say, when you look back, good thing is looking back on your art because you, you can see a progression. Yeah. I remember looking back on my art going, I was never very confident in, 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 I was never in my eyes, very good at the black and white balance. Um, there's lots of artists I look at and go, cool, you've got such perfect, like, like Steve Dillon, mm. perfect black and white balance. You look at his panels. Yeah. He never missed a beat. It was just the perfect, you know, you can have, you don't want too much black. You don't want too much white. That perfect black and white balance yeah, on each yeah. panel, on each page. And it's just beautiful. And um, I was never very confident in that in my very early, you know, 10 years ago. And mm. I could look at the pages and I'd go, it's either far, far too much black or none, none at all. It's just mm. line. Mm. very frank line work whereas compared to now I, I'm much more confident on the black and white balance and making the page look well to pop making the page pop you know you've got to tell yeah. a story but you've also got to make it look nice yeah and um, that's how you get work you know there's you know, as much as I say telling the story is the most important thing which it is um, you've also got to make it look good you've got to make it look pretty because people yeah. will get bored yeah. people will get bored if it's just plain and boring you've got to make it pop and and yeah, and, that, and I think with black and white work, that's getting that black and white balance just mm. right. As I say, you know, if anyone's not seen Rock the God particularly, I mean, there's some absolutely tremendous pages in there. I mean, the, the whole thing is tremendous. I, I've just finished reading it because so I've got a huge list of, of books just piled up there. And um, I came round to it actually last weekend and I, I ploughed through it. And honestly, mate, it's beautiful stuff. You know, I mean, it's a great book anyway. It's obviously good, fun, and well written by John, but the artwork in it is, it's, I think it's some of the best stuff, if not the best stuff I've seen you do. It's absolutely gorgeous. And Well, you, you, you can't help but have fun doing it, though. Yeah. You know, you get the scripts and John's stories and all the things he chokes he in there. You can't help but enjoy doing it, you know. it's And I think that comes through, you know, because I've said this before when I've interviewed other people, and I've said, as a... And not wishing to sound like kind of, you know, 
who I'm an artist, but as someone who does art, should I say, because I, I don't like calling myself an artist. You are to an be artist. Honest. You are an artist. But, it's hard to. I, when I say that about it, myself, what's your job? I, well, an artist. Oh, I, God, listen to you. I know, you oh, feel Jesus. like a tit, don't you? But, <laughs> I'm an artist. All right, I'll, for the purpose of this, this I'll, I'll say it then. So, as an artist, I, I, I think I can look at somebody's work and I can tell when they're enjoying it and when they've enjoyed doing it. And I can also tell when sometimes they've maybe not enjoyed it as much because I I sense it in the line work. I sense it in, you know, the movement and, and things. Mm. You can just, I don't know if you find that or whether I'm just making it up. But No, 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 I do. I do. I can look at pages and go, you, you, I tell you what, and others can, right? I remember when I was doing mm. Rock, the, uh, Rock of the Reds. Um, I'm not going to say which pages. You may know. Other people may know anyway. But I remember when I finished these certain pages, I can't remember what pages they I can remember what pages they were, but I can't remember whereabouts in the book they mm. are. And um, I remember I was, every time I would upload pages to, to, to Dropbox for, for, for um, Abby to colour and for Jim to letter, John was obviously would see them as well. Yeah. And uh, so I, and I'll, I'll inform him all pages 24 to 34 up on Dropbox if you want to look at them. And I remember I did some, and he, he just sent me a message back saying, no, um, they look a bit lacklustre. And I'd off, I was really shocked that he noticed because I, I was feeling quite lacklustre. For whatever reason, <laughs> it was nothing to do with, nothing to do with his work. Yeah. But sometimes, you, you know, as an artist, sometimes you just you yeah. lose a little bit of impetus. You just lose a little bit of, not enjoyment, I don't know what the word is. You just... A bit you, of enthusiasm for whatever reason. Yeah, you reason, lose you just, that zing, don't you, for a while? Yeah, yeah. It for whatever reason, that. I don't know what it is. It, yeah. You just wake up and you just... It's like some people say you got out the wrong side of the bed. And sometimes, being an artist, sometimes that can happen for yeah, a week. Yeah, Yeah. And you, you just, you've lost motivation. You've lost impetus. You've lost... for what And I'd, some chemical imbalance in the brain or whatever that may be. He noticed. He said, he goes, mm. oh... Those pages are lacklustre. And I was like, Jesus, he noticed. I goes, okay, I'll just, I goes, I'll put, I'll put my ideas up for the next pages, which I did. Mm. Because it, it was like one of those things that gave you a kick. You know, when John says that to you, those pages, well, yeah. are, you, you listen. Yeah. And um, it gave me a kick at the backside. And I was like, right, okay, yeah, damn it. I'm not going to drop the ball on this. I can't drop yeah. the ball on this. This is so important. So um, yeah. it still may happen. It's still, there may be still pages. It didn't happen much in Rock the God, I don't think. Not that I, no, I can remember, but no, you still get an occasion where you you do, you know, you look at it and you go, oh god, there's lots of talking heads in this one, and um, you got to make that look interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Rock the Gods are it's a beautiful piece of work. It's um, it really is, mate. It's, it's there's just some, well, there's something in there. Yeah, you must be. I, I, think I remember it... my brother, my brother got it because um, I can give a couple of copies away for free, but he actually. Um, Back the Kickstarter because he's a good lad, and uh, he got his book and he went. He was just blown away. He just went, mm. "Wow! I didn't realize it was that much work." He goes, "I just thought it was going to be like a little comic or something." He goes, "I didn't realize it was going to be wow. that much work." And he, he goes, "I can see why you were spending all these days just constantly doing it, or months even, yeah. just doing this." And he goes, it's, "It's a lot of work," and which it was. It was a, uh, you know, it's hundred and twenty odd pages in. Incredible. In you know four or five months, yeah, and it doesn't suffer for that though. You know, I mean, it doesn't like you were saying before. I don't about, know if you, know, you found. I don't know if you found though. If you get got a tight deadline, I said when I had to do the thirty pages in thirty one days. Yeah, you tend to find yourself in the flow. You become almost. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like I've always said... you're automated. You just go into yeah. It's like you're in 
autopilot and everything I was doing was just working. It, 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 was, it wasn't hard work. It was just yeah. easy. It was just coming. And then if you take a week off, if you go, you probably find this as well. If you don't pick up a pencil for a week, the first time you pick up that pencil, nothing's going to go right. It's just so hard to get back into it. Mm. But once you get back into it, once you get into that flow, it's, yeah. it just, it's such a nice thing to happen. Well, like you, for many years, you know, I, I work full time. To you got to pay the bills, don't you, and stuff. And yeah. and I I try and do something, some drawing, every night if I can. I'll have the odd night off when I just you know I'm tired. I've had a long day and stuff. But I try and keep my hand in and work on stuff every night because, like you say, it's really easy to lose that impetus and and mm. you know, and then you start to doubt yourself even more. And then you, you know, I've even been in positions. I dropped out of art for like twenty years. I didn't draw anything. I just completely no, I down tools, and and I really regret that now because I think I could have been half decent if I'd have carried on. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But you do you do wonder, don't you? But but yeah, you do. Don't you? But now I think what? I'm gonna just you know I'm gonna actually discipline myself and and stick at it every day if I can, and and I do, you know, and. I've seen even my work. I, you know, I mean, as much as I don't like my work, I've seen it improve over the last oh, two or three years that I've got back yeah, into yeah. it. You know, I've only been drawn again for about three years, so you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of. I think life that... life jumps in the life gets in the way. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped from from very much like you. It wasn't twenty years. It was probably about eight nine mm. years. Stopped in the late nineties, and then I picked up the pencil again in. Late two thousand, yeah, you know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. So about ten years, I stopped drawing, yeah. and I think it's because life gets in the way. You, you, I was at that age, so early twenties, you know, clubbing, going out, drinking, socialising. That becomes the most important thing because you don't really think about. Well, I didn't. I'm not saying everyone's like this. I wasn't thinking years ahead of my for my career. I was just thinking about you live for the here and now, which yeah. means going to pubs, bars meeting people blah 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 and you get any job that funds that yeah know, whether you want that yeah. job or not and i wish i could go back you know as you say when you go back and tell yourself no actually like you say you not drawing for 20 years you, and you kick yourself for it because you, you you don't realize what you're not doing can affect you so if i had carried on like you say if i had carried on drawing those 10 years i may not have been a professional comic artist for only for the last two or three years i could have been a professional mm. comic artist for the last 13, 15 years. But, you, you know, it's just life, isn't it? Life just but do you know what, mate? Sometimes. You're there now and, you know, it's all through hard graft, isn't it? So that's, yeah, that's yeah. the thing to be proud of. And you're flying at the moment. So just going back to, to your collaboration with John, because I know it's the question I've often wondered is, and it, you've given us a little insight there where you said, you know, he'll give you some quite honest feedback, which doesn't surprise me knowing John, because, mm. you know, I've got to know him a little bit over the years. And he's, he's a lovely geezer, isn't he? I mean, he's a... He's an absolute, oh, he's the best. He's, a, he's, such, he's a, such a nice bloke, such isn't a, he? It's it's uh, well. The funny thing is, is, is I, I I do feel lucky because a I'm working with him. Mm. I'm working with the, one of the Godfathers of British comics. B we get on like a house on fire. We get on so well. It's it's not like um it's a chore to work with him or yeah. to meet up with him or anything like that. When we meet up and when we do hook up. It's we get on so well. It's just um, which helps, doesn't it? It helps yeah. if you get on with the person you work with. So we, you know, he's a friend as well as someone yeah. I work with. Yeah. And it's funny because his reputation of being, you know, 
miserable and grumpy and it's, it couldn't be further from the truth could it you know because he's he's such a good laugh whenever we have the good fortune of bumping into him and and you know and he always has a chat and stuff and comes over to the table and has a chat and things and it's like bloody hell you know you see john walking towards your table and <laughs> i'm like what the what's going on here yeah the, the first time I, I i met him as a person I met him as a person. How else do you meet someone? Not, <laughs> stupid saying that is. The first I know what I you mean, him, though. Yeah, yeah. Not the, the myth. I met him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Wagner, the myth. And then I met him as a person. Um, <laughs> the first time I met him was in Bournemouth, and he was coming down for Comic Con. Right. And he's. We'd been working on rock um, for a little while. You know, I think one issue or two issues. No, no, no. I don't think any issues come out at that point. No, we're still working on it. And um, he just said, oh, he's coming down to the South Coast to do a convention at Bournemouth. He goes, do you fancy meeting up? So I was like, yeah, sure. That'd be amazing. He goes, well, we'll meet you at this place, blah, blah, blah. We'll have a chat. And I was like, great, great. So um, anyway, a month later or whenever it was, we're in Bournemouth and we go to this comic con. And um, we go in, and I'm trying to find John's table. And, um, we, you know, you go down these alleys, isn't you? you go down these, and then look up the alley to see if you can see him. And then you go down another alley, look up that alley, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I went to this one part, and I looked up the alley, and I could see him. And um, Becky was like, there he is, there he is, gone. And I was like, no, 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 let's carry on, let's carry on. No, 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 no there's, there's plenty of time, there's plenty of time. Because I was just trying to build up the courage to go over to him. And I thought, and that's how I must have walked around the convention floor twice before right come on you got just jesus christ Dan. i know so i went up to him and i went all right john and he's like hello how are you doing you're right and i was like he recognized me from mm. obviously facebook and then um yeah like you say as soon as you meet him he just he, he's got a very good way of making you feel totally at ease yeah and um he goes um he goes do you fancy going for a bit of lunch and i was like yeah sure sure and um he goes, oh, um, we're going to go out for some dinner tonight. Do you want to come along? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. Wow. And he goes, oh, um, do you know Will? Will? And he, Will Simpson was sitting, you know, <laughs> the table next to him. He goes, do you know Will Simpson? I was like, of course. <laughs> and he went, um, is it all right if he comes? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and I should have said, I'd rather not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I go, Jesus Christ, yes, of course. Um, anyway, now as we're walking out for, the, for this bit of lunch, I remember... He stood up and he's, I don't know, seven foot six or something like that. And I'm not the tallest anyway. Yeah. And I'm walking along with John. And it is one of those, what's going on? This isn't real, is it? It's like you, you, some sort of fairy tale or something. Wow. And we went for the lunch and that went really well. Uh, I did, I thought I'd drop myself in it because I've got a habit of saying things I really shouldn't say. <laughs> um, and I, I remember I actually said to him, have you ever had a normal job or proper job? <laughs> <laughs> and you, what do you mean proper job I went oh no not, not like that I go as in you know stacking shelves or something like that and he told me that he used to work on um, um, boats mm. you know fishing boats or something like that and I was like oh Jesus he goes oh, I was only there for a short while and gave that up and I was like oh right okay Bloody hell. but um, then we went for in the evening we went for this meal and meal was amazing and the company was even better and when we it all finished and he got this taxi and he went to the hotel and me and Becky got in our car because we had a car and we went back to our hotel. Yeah. 
Um, I remember just sitting in the car going, what has just happened? What has just happened? And we just sat and had a meal with John Wagner, Jenny, and Will Simpson. And yeah. it was just the best, you know, it's just one of those pinch me moments. It's, amazing, it's, just, it? it's just bizarre. It's just the biz- most bizarre, surreal moment. And every time I looked at him, I just sat there and thought, I remember we're reading Necropolis and America and I know all of this, and I'm sitting there having a chat with you. Yeah, crazy, crazy. It's mad. Even now, looking back on it, it is. It's mad though, isn't it? But you know, and, and I don't know, mate. You just got to be grateful that you get to sort of spend time with with people like that, don't you? Because they enrich what you do. And like you say, what? you know, even with him giving you feedback to say some pages were maybe as as sort of um, what was it? What was the term? Lackluster. Lackluster. Some people would be like, oh, well, you know, but this is John Wagner. If John if John is telling you this, you learn from it, don't you? Because, yeah. you know, I kind of think he knows what he's talking about, you know. <laughs> and he will make you a better. Years, yeah. yeah. You know, you will be a better artist by listening to him than you would by maybe getting a bit defensive. It's, well, uh, he's, like I said, he, he, he's a good friend. And on top of that, whether he knows it or not, I'm sure he does. He's definitely a mentor. He's definitely, yeah. um, I know he's not an artist mentor, but he's a mentor in the industry for me because he explains how this is and this is how yeah. that works and this is how you do this and this is how that happens. And so he's, he's definitely a mentor. And, he, and, and without him, I wouldn't be where I am now. That's yeah. absolutely 100%. You know, I know people say, you know, well, you use a comic artist, but there's plenty of comic artists out there who aren't working for 2080 yeah. or aren't working for John. The reason yeah. why I'm working for 2000 AD is because of John Wagner. Well, my initially, first, my yeah. Debut, <laughs> my debut in the prog was Judge Dredd. That's not necessarily because of my talent or anything like that. That's because John <laughs> John wanted it to be. No, that's so brilliant, It man. happened. It's well-deserved as well. You know, it's well-deserved. But uh, And it just makes you wonder how many other people John over the years has, has done the similar things with, doesn't it? You know? Oh, um, yeah. It's just that obviously your your story is a bit more well known, but I'm sure there's there's probably dozens of artists that he's taken the time to work with and encourage and and also give some positive criticism to make them yeah, yeah. better artists. Because that's what it's about, and it's not about him being a bit of a dick and going, "Oh, I don't like that." It's about him actually trying to help you be as good as you can be, and that's what more can you want? You know, yeah, know you can't what, pay for he, that, he, can you? Exactly. He's he's been in the industry for forty mm-hmm. plus years. He knows, you know, there's not many people in the industry who knows as much as John. You know, there are people who know as much as John. You know, you've got your Pat Mills, you've got people like that, his friends as well, his colleagues from those days. Yeah. But there aren't many of them. And like I say, who are still in, 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 in the industry. Yeah. Um, they've either retired or gone on to other things. Yeah. But he's still in it, and he still, you know, he still goes to conventions. Not as many as he, he, he used to, but he's still going. To, well, none of us are, let's be honest. Well, that's um, true, yeah. Um, but he's still going to conventions, and you can still meet and talk to. Him. And that's the other thing with our industry, isn't it? Is you can meet your heroes. Not yeah. often you can get to do that. And generally, you know, I've not had a bad experience yet. I've been going to conventions since 2014. No, I've been going to conventions before that, but as mm. in going to them as a, a guest, let's say. Yeah. I haven't had a bad experience yet. No, meeting these people. No, I mean I've said this before, but there's, you know, you don't meet many arseholes in comics, do you? I mean, I know no. they exist and I know they're out there, and you do come across them, but the majority of people that 
I've ever met and have been nothing but welcoming to, to H and myself. You would have you know. thought that when you were on social media, though, would you? Funny, It's a funny old medium, social yeah. media. Social media, I've, I've noticed it can be very toxic, very angry, very... Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Very horrible it... and very intimidating, very divisive. I get very angry on social media. And I can mm. put posts on there that I don't necessarily mean. But then when you meet people that you think are angry people but when you meet them in real life they're not yeah they're lovely weird, people they're really nice guys why are they why are they why are people's personalities on social media so much different to their, their own everyday life it's just it's, um, that, it's that keyboard warrior thing in it that some people suffer yeah. from as well you know it's a strange thing right it's a strange thing i mean i, 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 if I, saying, I could... i've been to conventions for the last 10 whatever years and, and as a guest for the last six years yeah and nothing but Nice memories. There's not been one negative moment. I don't think at all. The only negative moments are, are you know, seven o'clock in the morning when I've got to get up after drinking far too much. That's a negative moment. But um, yeah, the meeting of people and and all that lot. Not a, not one bad episode at all. Well, I'm glad you didn't say Wonderful. that time at Alden when you sat behind us was the only. <laughs> I was waiting <laughs> I, for it. <laughs> I, I blanked that one out of my conscience. <laughs> Now, that was a good day. That was a great convention as well. It is a great convention. And I was, I've, I'm getting Dan back on the show in a couple of weeks um, to talk about stuff. But, yeah, it's a great day, that, isn't it? Oh, great day. So just talking a little bit more about your work then and your process, because obviously a lot of people listen to this. They like they like the process bits. And, and just very quickly, how do you go about taking a script and maybe breaking it down into sequential panels? Do you, do you have a process or do you just go with the flow of the script as you're reading it? Um, I pretty much go with the flow of the script. You know, obviously I do the um, thumbnails. Yeah. The little the little thumbnail sketches of each page, figuring out the flow of the story. And you you try to cherry pick a certain panel. Unless it's been told to you otherwise, you try to cherry pick a certain panel that you think will be the the, the money shot, if you like, Yeah, on that page. And I, I do have a habit of making a money shot on every page. Um, <laughs> When they're not necessary, you know, if you've got talking head pages, you don't need a big money shot talking yeah. head panel. It's just pointless. But I can't help myself. Mm. Maybe it's something I'll grow out of. Whatnot. But yeah, I tend to look at the script, figure out the flow of the story. Um, what's the most, not necessarily, like I said, the money shot, but the most important panel of that page. What's, yeah. Make that the focal point. And then I'll pencil rough. I'm actually, my process has changed somewhat because I used to do very fine finished pencils. Right. Um, but the more confident, this may be the same for other artists as well, the more confident you get with your inking, you can leave out a lot of the pencil work. Not, you know, the detail in the pencil work. Yeah. And you can just add that in with the ink. You know you know what's going to happen there in, in your head anyway. Um, so you just do it with the inks instead of penciling it all out fully, which does say, that's probably why I can get a page done a day now because... Whereas before, you'd rough pencils and finished pencils would be a day, and then the ink yeah. in the following day. Whereas now, because my rough pencils and my finished pencils are pretty much the same, I just go straight into the inking. Yeah, um, yeah. I found that um, the last couple of things that I've done, where I've I used to be the same, where I'd spend as much time drawing it, you know, penciling it out mm. as I would inking it, and now I'm very much just penciling in the key detail. I found myself looking at it and going, you're wasting time. Yeah. Because you rough out the page and you'll put in the key elements 
if it's a character that, that you know where you're going to have the light and shadow, that kind of thing. You yeah. don't have to do every single muscle group on the character or this, anything like that. And when I was doing that, the way I looked at it was, I'm doing that, and I, I you know, so you got the rough pencils, then you do the, well, like I said before, and then I do the finished pencils. When I got to, the rough pencils, is where all the rubbing out goes on, the, the erasing this, erasing that, and getting that yeah. right, and getting this right. Right. The finished pencils, there was very little erasing or rubbing anything out. It was just, you know, if any on the page, it was just clearing up the lines. And the way I kind of assumed it was, well, if you're not rubbing all of that out all the time and your, your finished pencils, you just start and finish and that's it. I can do that with the ink. Why am I yeah. wasting time penciling it when I can just be inking that in? So that's yeah. what I decided. This, well, I can't remember what page it was. I remember just doing that. I goes, right, there's a rough pencils. I'm not going to do finished pencils. I'm just going to go straight into the inking and see how it works. And it worked yeah. out just as, as it would have done if it had done it with a finished pencil. So I've just, I'm, I'm cutting out that element and saving myself, I don't know, yeah. a few hours. And I think as well, it, I don't know about you, but I found it added a little bit more energy to the right. piece as well. Yeah. Because, you know, by the time I'd roughed it and then I'd, tightened up the pencils and then I'd gone back in and, and overlaid it with inks it, it started to lose something I don't know whether I was just sick of drawing the same thing but <laughs> when I when I actually now start to just ink over you know slightly, slightly less um finished much pencils, more loose yeah and I find it more energetic I find it yeah. more enjoyable as well because actually absolutely you, you can make decisions on the fly can't you whereas once you've tightly penciled it you will stick to it have you ever overworked something like? Oh um, God! Yeah, exactly. I remember I was drawing a face once, and we're not talking a strange angle or up, light, down, white, or whatever the case may be. It was just a straight-on headshot mm. face, a, a guy's face. And for whatever reason, I could not get it right, and I was and I was getting so frustrated, and um, I had to walk away. And I just thought, why am I getting so? Why? Is it, why can't I draw a straight-on face? Why, yeah. why is this such a you know? And I was, I was doing that. I'm bloody comic artist. I'm a paid comic artist, and I can't draw a man's face straight on. And um, it's because I was just putting far too much effort into it. And yeah. that's what I'm saying with the, with, the, with the pencils. I remember I look at some of my pages, and I just think it it looks very static. It looks overworked. Yeah. And when like so when I stopped doing that, as you pointed out with your work, my work it's there's a bit more flow to it. It's a little bit more energy, a bit more life to the pages, and and I think other people will see that, you know, because. People have said, "Oh, your you know your work improves, and you can only take it on their word because you know, like I say, mm. you can tell your work improves yourself, but you know, to a certain degree." Yeah, and I'm never I'm never happy with it. But yeah. when other people comment on your work, you kind of tend to listen to them, and they say, "Oh, your work's really improved," and you come, "Well, what?" Was... And it is certain things you've learned along the way. Now, like I say, yeah. I learned that not doing finished pencils and overly tight pencils, um, the looser ink work. It makes it a much more fluid story, a much more mm. fluid a page, and like you say, much more energy in it. Yeah, no, it's brilliant because you you still work um, primarily traditionally, don't you? Yeah, you colour digital. Tried, I, tried, I colour digital. Um, I do do fully painted work as well, mm. but it's I've tried to do digital inking before, and and this is no um, diss on anyone who works that way. I can't do it because I just I spend far too much time you know when you can fiddle with something too much yeah and on 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 the computer i i find i fiddle too much trying to make it too perfect Mm. and so again you go back to exactly the same with the pencils when i'm on a computer if i'm fiddling with it too much it looks a bit staged it looks a bit sterile and a bit flat yeah and um so i tend not to i've um because i've been 
trying to digitally ink and I have been digitally inking for a while now and I had the same problem and in the end I went back to the kind of Ron Smith technique of I only gave myself a certain amount of time and oh, okay. and, I, and it's hard that but you've got to stick to it and if you do it's amazing mm-hmm. you know that you will you will move on from a panel because you'll find that you know if you if you say actually whatever I get to at this point that's it but you you tend to get into this habit of actually not mm. overworking it as much it's definitely worth doing because you know, like Ron Smith used to do this yeah, thing, yeah. Didn't he, where he'd have like two clocks, wouldn't he? And he'd, he'd sketch a page, clock would go, and he'd move on to the pencil, clock would go, and he'd ink, clock would go, and it's incredible. <laughs> but but yeah, I'd, I've tried doing that, and it does help a little bit because you are right. The danger with digital work is you can spend the same with coloring or anything. You can spend like days, can't you, going down a rabbit hole? Oh, it's just messing it's, around it's just, with just... colors and tints and well, exactly. And it's like when it was when I when I did tried to do some inking on it you know you can select things and and rotate and zoom in zoom out this that, and mm. the other you know scale and warp and all these things you do to it and i'm just like it's i, I just spent too much time trying yeah. to make it perf- perfect but i i have to say the other thing the reason why i don't ink on the computer i absolutely adore having the finished page of art yeah and there's something about having you know, I've got behind me now. I've got files of finished pages of mm. artwork, and okay, there's a benefit you can sell that as well, which is nice. But it's just something. It's, it's the same as you know, you get people who like reading digital comics or yeah. reading books in a Kindle, whereas other people like the physical book. I love the physical book. Yeah, it takes yeah. up far too much room. It yeah. takes. I'm the up, same. We're moving soon, so it's going to be an absolute nightmare to, to pack <laughs> up. And but we are actually we we've learned a lesson. We're going to get removal men in to, yeah. to do all the cutting of this stuff because I'm not doing that again because it broke my back the last time. Oh, God, yeah, but, I can um, imagine. There, there's something about having the physical in your hand. I can't, mm. I can't, there's, I don't get anywhere near the same thrill holding a tablet in my hand, flicking through a comic book or whatever. I'm yeah. not saying they're not as good. It's just I personally like having the physical book in my hand. Oh, yeah. Same as with, like, I can't, I can't read Kindles. It's got to be a, a thumbed, paged book. I'll only buy something digitally if um, a it's just ridiculously overpriced or out of print, and b mm. if mostly these days because I, I back a lot of Kickstarters and if they're from the states, the postage is just you know you can pay like ten dollars for a book and then it's they want like twenty five dollars to to mail it and you're like well I'm not oh, paying well, that no. you know I'll just get the digital. And that's the only time I I'm really waiting. read digital stuff now. I'm waiting actually. Talk about Kickstarter. I'm waiting. I. I, I... I've backed quite a few Kickstarters. The, the, the problem I have is I can't back too many because it gets expensive, doesn't it? Yeah, I know, it and you forget so you've done it, don't you? And then they all hit. Yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, shit. And yeah. then I've got the added thing, like you'll probably have, is where I'm explaining away what all these different boxes are that keep turning up day after day. Yeah. <laughs> and she's going, oh, it's for thing, you again. <laughs> the thing is as well, and it, this is going to sound awful as well. I'm good at saying things that sound awful. Um, I've got so many friends on Facebook and that's not being big edited. That's just mm. Facebook world, isn't it? Um, yeah. And they're all your friends online. And the problem is, is because of what we do, me and yourself and everyone else on my Facebook friend, they're all creatives. So mm. they've all got something to sell as well. Yeah. And let's say I've got a thousand friends, five, six hundred of them will be doing some sort of Kickstarter or yeah. something like that. And it just gets very yeah, expensive. You can't go, do it. And it, no, exactly. And I'm like, I feel guilty as sin when I'm, I'm I haven't backed someone. You can't, um, though, I'm mate. Back, 
Yeah, I know. It's, but you do feel guilty because, no, especially if they've backed you down the line, you feel, well, you've got to return the favour. But when you get, when 200 people, 300 people, 400 people have backed you, you can't do that return no. the favour because that's an awful lot of money. Well, exactly. <laughs> you and, and you might as well work for free then, aren't you? Because you're not going to make yeah. anything. And I mean, I used to do that early on. I used to back anything. If I knew people, I'd do it to encourage them. But now, you know, you have to be a bit more kind of discerning about what you spend your money on. And I'll I still back things fantastic... to support people, but yeah. I can't do everything. And I do feel bad about it. But th- conversely, though, I don't care if they don't back anything I do. It doesn't bother no, me, No, that. exactly. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? You know, I don't feel that way, it's but you... I don't know. It's just because Kickstarter's become such a, um, a successful way to get your books out there, you know, as we did with Rock, mm. such a good way of getting your book out there, that so many people are doing it. Yeah. And like you say, you can't, you, you can't financially back everyone you'd like to back because it could cost, it could be, you know, hundreds of pounds a month. Um, talking about postage, I've backed, you know, Spawn, uh, Tom McFarlane's Spawn yeah. figure. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I saw what it reached as well. Bloody no. Yeah. Two, <sighs> 2.7 million, wasn't it? Something Jesus. Like that. But I've backed that and I've backed, I, I backed because you had like one figure deal, two figure deals, three yeah. figure deals. And I just thought I backed the one figure deal. Anyway, he's, he does his updates and he shows the size of this box. It's coming in. Oh, God. And um, <laughs> I, I, you paid for the postage. So I think this is just a, oh, is it a six inch figure, something like that. Yeah. It's cost me something like, because it's come from the States as well. The, the postage and the figure, the figure was $45. And then the postage was $40. Yeah, it's mad, like, isn't Jesus. it? It's 80, about 80 quid, 60 to 80 quid for the six inch figure. Mm. But then I thought to myself, you've got import charges to come from that as well, haven't you? Oh, Surely. Possibly, yeah. Depends, doesn't it? Post office handling, so that's going to be another 30 quid. Yeah. It's going to be a six inch figure. I've got to explain away to Becky. <laughs> that cost us £100. <laughs> Just <laughs> tell me worth the fortune. Tell her it'd be like one of those million pound lagging paintings that yeah, your, your yeah. granddad found, you know. But, uh, I know, I know. So just briefly, thanks. I'm, I'm conscious of time and I'm taking up your Friday night. But yeah. if you could work on any other title or character, if you just had, you know, if, if somebody said to you, right, you know, Dan, you can work on anything. What would you like to do? Um, God, jeez. That's the kind of question I come up with all my friends. You've only got one option. <laughs> this is the only option. There's no other options. What would it be? Yeah. Um, who's going to win, win out of a polar bear and a tiger? Um, those kind of questions. Oh God, it's such a hard one. It's such a hard question to answer because the main one for me was always Judge Dredd. I'd have mm. to say it was always, I always wanted to draw. Judge yeah, Dredd. I think people of our um, age, because you're a, you're only a couple of years um, younger than me. Um, yeah, I know people will find that hard to believe when they see us, but it is true. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but um... they say, "Damn, surely you're in your twenties." <laughs> no, 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 I'm almost as, almost as old as him. They go, Jesus, never. I know. Thought it was your dad, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think for us, dread is the the dream thing, it's isn't just... it? Or, or well, to be honest, anything in two thousand eight. But dread is the is the and dread written by Wagner is like you know that's oh, it. God, then, yeah, I'll I'll give you mine. I'd love to see you do Spawn. Yeah, yeah, Spawn would be up there because I... I used to collect. Spawn. It sounds awful. I used to collect Spawn. I don't anymore. But I used no, to collect I'm Spawn when yeah. when it was Greg Capullo drawing it and obviously Todd McFarlane drawing it and. Angel Medina, yeah. his name was. There's something about your um, style that I think would work brilliantly with Spawn. I just think it the would The other ones I always think about, when someone asks, is, 
I've always loved Spawn because he's just got that, just that kind of characters, kick-ass mm-hmm. character. Um, it was Batman as well. I've always had an interest in Batman because he's not the superhero. He's vigilante and all that. Yeah. And, and the, the, the Dark Knight, not as in him being the Dark Knight, but as in most of the stories are based yep. at night time, aren't they? The yep. darkness. And the alleys are dark yep. alleys. Are, like the Batman, the animated series, I always mm. loved that. Oh, and God, I just, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do something along those kind of lines, and you know, because it's just lots of dark shadows and all that lot. And then when I come to 2000 AD, I've always had a, a thing for the ABC Warriors. Really? Yeah, I don't know yeah. why. No, I do know why because I like, loved it. But um, yeah, interesting. Drawing big robots with big yeah. guns, you know. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I could, I, again, yeah. Now you mention it, I could see you do both of those. I mean, I'm a huge Bat fan as well. I mean, that's that's always my go-to kind of US title mm. where it was. I don't, again, I don't read it anymore because I, I, I don't know what the hell's going on half the time, mate. You well, know. they keep doing, they keep re-releasing it, don't they? And it's keep, the new 52 and that's a whole re- it reboot. It's like, oh, look, he's got a moustache and he's riding a horse now for like 12 issues. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what the hell's going it on It doesn't here? sound like Batman outside the oh, top shelf. Mate, I tell you, it's just, I can't cope with it anymore. It's, it's, it's lost its, I loved it when Canon was Canon and you could, you know, you knew what was yeah. going on and, I just don't, I don't know. I still pick it up because some of the artwork's beautiful and some of the writing's very good, but it doesn't have, hold that appeal. That, that That's generally the, the, my downfall. I, I buy things a lot of the time purely for the artwork. Yeah. Um, I, I look up, I'm just looking at my bookshelf and right now and all the graphic novels that I've got on there. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at them going, I would probably say 80% of them I've not even read. I've looked yeah. at them. Exactly. Well, I've not actually read them. Uh, yeah, because I like I buy them for the art. I've said this to These people. Are, there's a difference in the art books on my shelf. They're not comics. They're art yeah. books for me. There's a, there's a difference between I think as an artist reading a comic or a graphic novel and actually reading it, and and we read it differently because I read it from an, an artist perspective of mm-hmm. where I'm more interested in you know the layouts and you know the the artwork, and often the story is secondary to me. So I've got loads of books I can say I've read, but I couldn't say I've actually read them. You know, I don't know what's going on other than what I've followed through the thread of the through the artwork. So it's interesting, isn't it? But no, uh, so if anyone's listening out there and they want to give Dan a, a crack at uh, Batman, then, or you know. Spawn. Or Spawn, or, yeah, you heard it, it here first. It's, it's, I'm just looking at some of the stuff. Uh, you, get, you get attracted to artists, and like I say, it doesn't matter what they... What the, you may have no interest in what they're drawing, as in as yeah. in the subject, but you buy it for 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 the art. You know. Uh, oh yeah. You know, Frank Quitely. I, I would pretty much buy anything he draws. It doesn't matter what yeah. it is. I would buy his books. Uh, Sean Murphy, Sean Gordon Murphy. I buy anything he does. Yeah. Uh, Greg Capullo. Anything he does, you know, it's just. Um, I was like that with Steve Dillon. You know, I would yeah buy anything Steve Dillon drew because you you knew it was going to be class. Exactly, yeah, um, yeah. There's other artists, you know, I look at things um, from, I wouldn't say heyday, 2008's heyday, but I like um, one of the artists that, you know, you know when someone's in the prog and you're looking forward to it coming out that week? Yeah. Uh, it was Jim Murray's work. Uh, 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 anything he does, because he, he doesn't work in comics now. I know he does computer game design and things like that. But anything he worked on, like Die Laughing and anything in a prog or the Meg, mm. I would pick up. He did. He did Drown Town. I think he did recently. Was probably the most recent work he did. Or he done this comic for some computer game. But anything he does, I would pick up. Yeah. But again, you know, you probably look at it and probably do what I do when I pick up things and look at it and I think like, Jesus Christ, why am I bothering? You know. What I mean? Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Like, look at that. Everyone, 
I mean, every, I've just every, recently... Every one of the artists we've just mentioned yeah. is exactly what I do when I pick it up. Like, from Steve Dillon to Jim Murray to, yeah. to Frank White. You know, you do, I pick up these books and I go, exactly like you just said. Why, Sean why Phillips. am I doing this? There's another yeah, one, sure, isn't he? Like, you, you look at it and yeah. go like, Jesus, you know, and don't, don't even start me on people like Brian Boland and that, because that just blows your mind, doesn't it? Because you just think, I'm right. never going to I picked hit. up Swimming in Blood, um, right. and I've got it, it I've got it as a graphic novel. When they first came out in the early 90s, one of those old 2008 graphic novels. Yeah. And I picked it up the other day, just flicking through it, and it still holds up now. Yeah. And again, you look at that and you go, no, that's an artist. That's a proper artist. It's not like me. I'm, I'm just, I'm a chancer. <laughs> Give That's over. how you feel. I know. I'm a chance. It's and, not and true, look at this. These guys, these are the real deal. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's so hard not to compare yourself to... But it inspires great. you as well, though, doesn't it? That's the thing. Oh, yeah. I always find that, you know, it's like... Um, I'll go through it, and I've been flicking through some old issues of Warrior magazine and stuff, you know. And um, I just think, Christ, you look at the work in there. But it inspires you to think about how you approach your own work. You know, mm. how you use, um, you know, like say negative space and things like that. Yeah, it's just absolutely do, tremendous. Do you get your artist block? And when I get artist block, like I say, when, when I can draw a face or I can't draw anything or nothing's working, everything, you know, and it's, I, I get very frustrated with myself when that happens. And mm. I mean, John telling me one of his bits of advice was if it's, if, if it's not happening, walk away. He goes, yeah. don't try and force it. He goes, because it won't work. He goes, you just walk away. He goes, is that what you do? He goes, yeah, if, I, if he's writing a story and it's, it's just not coming. He goes, the worst thing to do is to force it. Yeah. And I, I did say to him, but what about deadlines? He goes, well, unless there's a deadline, then you have to. But if you can, if you can, he goes, just walk away. And the amount of times I walk away, give yourself about half a day or something, mm-hmm. and then pick up another, something like you just said, something that someone who inspires your work yeah. or you like to look at, you can just flick through a comic book or a graphic novel and and then you get it back again. You go, it's, it, what, however, or whatever it does, whether it's inspiration or something like that, that's, I always find that works, you know, just yeah, like reset two you, hours away from it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. That's been brilliant, mate. So last question then. So, and this is, yep. this should be quite a simple one for you, although it may not be. What <laughs> single piece of advice would you give to any aspiring comic artist who might be listening to you? Because obviously you're our, you're our sort of flag bearer for believing that, you know, one in a million of us can break through, get over the top and, and make it. So what bit of advice would you give to somebody listening to this who might be feeling, like we said before, I'm going nowhere and why am I bothering and things like that? Well, hey, um, if you don't enjoy it personally, I would say if you're not enjoying it, for the sake of just doing it for yourself, then you're in the wrong job anyway, or you're, you're trying for the wrong job. If you can't just draw draw pictures and enjoy drawing pictures, if you're doing it just to make money, yeah, then obviously that's wrong. But my one bit of advice would be, um, oh, God, I can't just give one. <laughs> it's not one <laughs> bit of advice. Oh, God. Um, I'm trying to give you your Friday night back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be, it would be, if you want to be a comic artist, it would be, no, you can't just give one. Anatomy, so you have to draw people yeah, and storytelling, storytelling. Yeah. And once you figure those ones out, go to Future Great Press and get some scripts to work off. Working off script. There you go. Working off scripts. Uh, working with a writer and working off scripts is, a, is my bit of advice because you'd get their feedback. If you're working off a script from Future Quake or something like that, like I said, that's when I got the bit of advice by the guy saying he can't understand what's going on in, in the page. Yeah. And it was a great bit of advice because if you can't tell the story, you're not going to be a comic artist. You may be able to draw a pretty picture, 
And there's plenty of people out there can draw amazing pictures. I remember oh, some yeah. guy came up to me at a comic, co- comic convention and he showed me his portfolio. And pinup boys, he, his work was stunning, mm. absolutely stunning. And, uh, and I kind of said, well, what will you show me this for? He goes, oh, I want your advice. <laughs> I goes, well, well, you can clearly draw. You don't need advice from drawing, but if you've got no comic strips in there. So if you want advice to be a comic artist and you've got to draw comic strips. Yeah. You can clearly draw. You don't need any. You don't need me telling you you can draw. You can. You know he was probably a better artist than I was as a you know pure art. He was amazing portfolio. But I goes, there's no comic strips in there. I goes, you could show this portfolio to an editor, mm. and he doesn't know you can tell a story. You can tell. You exactly. can see. You can, you can draw pictures, but you can't tell. You can tell the story. So telling the story, and working up a script is yeah. the best bit of advice I could give. That's been superb. Really enjoyed it, mate. Thanks for taking your time. And um, I guess just finally, do you want to tell us any other projects that might be coming up soon or anything that you can let people know about? Uh, I, I'm working on projects for 2008 at the moment. I can't really say what that is. Okay. It's, 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 it's a multi-part thing, which wow. is good. And there's possibly something on in the line with John again yeah. after that. Um, not necessarily rock, but something in a line after that. Um, I have got a dread coming out in the prog at some point. It's a lot of, it's not ifs or buts. It's it's happening, but I can't say too much no, about these fine. things. No, it's fine. Got you, my first you know. my first cover coming out for the prog, which is. Oh, have you? I'm, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um, because I've you know I've worked for 2008 for three years, four years, yeah. and I've not had anything cover wise, which has been a you know I've sent Matt pictures and said, oh, is this any good as a cover? And he goes. I would use it as a pinup. Like, That's great, but yeah. I'm also clenching my fist. Oh no, it won't be a cover. Wow, <laughs> I need a cover. That's brilliant. But I've got mate. my first cover coming out in the next. I think it's the start of the year that, at some point. That's bucket list stuff. That along with drawing dread or, or drawing anything in the interior, doing a cover is bucket list stuff, isn't it? For people of our generation, well, met, you know. Yeah, I met Steve Austin at a comic at Oldham actually, and yeah. uh, we were both sitting there, and he's going, "Oh, you've got to draw a dread," and I'm going, "Yeah, but you've done a blooming cover," and it's like we're both sitting there trying to. You know, figure out who's got the better better deal here. He thinks I have, and I thought he had. I think you're both doing all right in my book, pal. I think you're both doing all right. That's great stuff. So, yeah, so we're looking out for that. Do you know when that's out, the cover? Is it uh, 21? The cover's going to be out, um, I think it's early in the year, January, February time. The story I'm working on, I think, is going to be out spring, I believe. And I'm sure, you know, eventually we'll convince John to do another rock at some point. I but hope so. You've got to do these things in threes, isn't you? It's always a trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like the Cornetto trilogy. We've got to do a rock trilogy. It's got to yeah. be a trilogy. Oh, it's brilliant, mate. It's brilliant stuff. And uh, credit to you both. It's really enjoyable. If, if if you listen to this and you've not, you didn't back the Kickstarter, then shame on you. If you, you know, you still want it, then uh, obviously we'll come on to it now where we can tell people where they can pick it up from. So do you want to give people some idea where they can find more about your work or more importantly buy stuff yeah. um you can buy stuff from uh the rock of the reds website that's www.rockoftherreds.com there's a shop there's a history of the book there's a history of the creators and how the book came about you can buy books shirts t-shirts replica kits graphic novels the works um you can see my i don't really keep it up to date but um, Dan Cornwell at WordPress is my own website, which I probably haven't updated for about a year now, but I really should. 
I'm also on social media, so Facebook, Dan yeah. Cornwell on Facebook, uh, and on Twitter, it's Dan Cornwell Art. I'll put all the links in the show notes for people so they, they can find it easily. And, oh, there's um, an offer as well. There's an offer on Rock of the Reds at the moment, up until Christmas. Here we go, this is Pug. Um, if you buy anything over £30, you get a free A5 original sketch from me. Fantastic. You can't knock that, can you? No, That's, uh, no. That's a pretty good fact. You you might be sorry you did that. <laughs> I know. As soon as I suggested it, and John goes, are you sure you want to do that? I goes, that'll be fine. <laughs> I won't get any work done, but it'll be fine. Brilliant. That's been superb. And if you want to know more about my work, then obviously you can find what I do at uh, art92.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all Art92 because, as I say every week, you, know, you get to my age and you're lucky if you remember to put your pants on in the morning. So if you have more than one <laughs> bloody social media handle, you'll oh, never keep indeed. up. And I hope you've enjoyed this. I mean, it's been lovely talking to you, Dan. It's been a great chat, mate. And we could go on all night, but I'm just conscious that you're not at your tea yet. And remember, you know, if you've enjoyed the show and you want to check out any previous episodes, then we're available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff, or whatever you get your, your podcast from. And if you feel inclined, give us a review because it helps people. Um, it's what they call social proof that people actually listen to the show, which means people like can actually share, find you. Like and share. Yeah, please do. And uh, I just want to thank you again, Dan, for giving up your time. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for no, having us on. Really good. And we must do this again, you know, next time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe when absolutely. your secret yeah, like projects it. come out. Uh, maybe we'll yeah, do yeah. a deep dive into your cover when it comes out because that'll be really good. That that'll really be good, yeah. Because the, the people have seen it; it's been online. It's done some sort of social media rounds, mm. um, and people really like. It. And people have been offering me money to, you know, for this cover, wow. original art for this cover. But I'm so attached to it because it's my yeah. first cover. So get it on the light box. Get a few done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you won't be the first one I'm sure mate. yeah but 2000 AD will want their tip well like there is that I suppose that's the way it works and uh, you can join us again next week for another episode and we'll continue our art of series until then I'll leave you with a quote from the cartoonist and comics theorist Scott McCloud who said about creating comics you need to learn from everyone follow no one and work like hell thanks for listening goodbye bye bye